you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
word against your enemy. Hear me today, child of God. Uh, even when the enemy is set against you, uh, God is for you. And can I tell you that if God is for you, who can be against you? Oh, somebody put your hands together and magnify the Lord. The Bible said that Balaam turned to the vineyard and the angels now is in the path of the vineyards. The Bible said that when the angel was in that vineyard that Balaam turned and tried to make a way of escape and now is the angel in the way of escape. Hear me right now, somebody in this hour that God will absolutely um, block every way of retreat against your enemy. In this hour the word of the Lord would say uh, that now as Balaam has turned to the left and tried to find his way out, uh, that then does the angel reveal himself unto him. Uh, as he begins to tell him, he said, Behold, uh, I came against you uh, because thy way is perverse before me. Uh, the angel now as he begins to talk, uh, Balaam begins to fall onto his um, face uh, as he begins to see before him uh, that the hand of God is against him. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell the person today that it appears that God has not heard the cry of your prayer. When it begins to be in the midnight hour and you think that you found yourself all by yourself, that there's a moment in time that God will begin to dispatch armies to fight on your behalf. The word of the Lord would say that when Balaam saw the angel and recognized that he fell to the ground and did bow his head. Can I tell you that that's why the word of God would say this at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Hear me right now, someone, no matter how great the adversity is, when it runs into an almighty God, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Hear this preacher this morning, whatever you're facing, I want you to know that when it runs into God, uh, that the knee of cancer will bow. And every tongue will confess. Hear me right now. Whatever has come against your family, every knee will bow. Every addiction will bow. Come on, somebody. Every perverse way will bow. And every tongue will confess that he is Lord forever. Balaam, as he bows down to the ground, now does the angel begin to speak to him. As he says this, he says, go. And I will speak a word unto you. And Balaam went. Can I tell someone today that as you begin to perceive what is happening, that God has now allowed Balaam to get to the children of Israel. He's allowed an attack now to begin to come upon them as they know that he's coming. Have you ever felt like God has just begun to allow some things to happen in your life? You don't understand why things are happening that are happening and why these different uh, things are going on in your health or your life or in your family. And somebody's even asked God, Lord, why are you allowing this to come to me? Can I tell you that there is a difference in between God allowing the attack to come to you but not allowing defeat to come to you? You've got to understand that when God allows an attack, it's not to cause you to be defeated, but rather it is to prove the faithfulness 
of God to come to pass in your life. You need to understand right now that to every Daniel, that when God has allowed you to be in a lion's den, it's not to defeat you, but rather to prove your faithfulness. Come on, somebody. When he allows you down into the pit, hallelujah, it's to prove that the faithfulness of God is upon you and that not only is he faithful to you, but also that you're faithful to him. You need to understand that just because you are attacked today does not mean that you are defeated. Hear this preacher right now. You might have lost a fist fight with hell, but it doesn't mean that the war's over. You might have caught up from whatever you've been through and said, what just happened to me? And here you are, and you feel beat up, but you need to understand that you might have lost a fight, but there's a greater battle that's still ahead of you. You need to understand that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. You've never seen a seed begging bread. You need to understand you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are a victor and you're not defeated. Hear me right now, somebody. We've got to change the way that we perceive what is happening all around us. Just because God has allowed an attack to come to you, that's not the judgment of God against you. But rather, can I tell you that every attack that comes to you brings the potential for God to move in a miraculous way. Hear me right now, someone. How many people have ever said, God, I want to see the power of your hand in my life? Come on, somebody. How are you ever going to see the power of the hand of God if he never allows the adversity to come to you? Here's what you've got to understand, that it is the trial of your faith by fire. But I want to tell you right now uh, that even when you come out of the fire, uh, that you might smell uh, like can I say this uh, even when you come out of the fire uh, there might be some things that are lingering with you uh, you might look like you've been through the fire uh, people might be able to perceive what you've been through but you need to understand uh, that when you come out of the fire uh, there's something that's been tried inside of you uh, that comes out even purer than gold when I begin to perceive what the last few years at Christian Life Church has been like, what incredible testimonies that we've seen. Come on, somebody. We've seen the hand of God move and move and move in all these different situations. But I can recall before the miracles happened how it felt like, God, have you really departed from this place? We could come in and shout and sing songs and listen to great preaching, but it seemed like that there was something that kept coming to us. One person would get sick and another person diagnosed. Maybe I'm all by myself today. Maybe that's just the way that I felt. But as I began to pray about this, the Lord began to talk to me. He said, my hand has never been off of Christian Life Church. But rather what I've done is I've worked some things out of them. And I've worked some things into them. And you need to understand that when God allows you to go into the fire, you come out better. If you're ever going to come out better, you've got to stop asking God to give you what you lost. But you need to understand that if God took it from you, maybe he never intended for you to have it to begin with. And I heard people ask during COVID and during different circumstances, when are things just going to get back to ordinary? 
we ain't ever going back. The kingdom of God does not take you back to where you came from. Come on, somebody. It does not give you back what was taken from you. But when God gets ready to open up his hand, it is so much better than what you lost. When God begins to restore you, he puts you back ahead of where you were when you were taken from the situation. Hear me right now, someone. I know I'm looking at people that have been through hell in your life, but I need you to hear me. You might have been through the fire, but the place that God has taken you to is so much greater. Come on, somebody. Here's what the word of the Lord said, that he allows Balaam to come to Israel. And now here is Balaam looking at Israel, and the Bible said that and God met Balaam. And then the word said this, and he put a word in the mouth of Balaam. There's something that happens when God begins to command your enemy to speak. Hallelujah. He puts a word in the mouth of Balaam. And Balaam, who's been brought all the way from a different territory to come into this area, now begins to perceive the people of God. And he lifts up his voice. And if you would with me right now, I could begin to see Israel as they see this prophet of divination that has come, wondering what he's going to try to prophesy over them now. Is he going to tell us that we're going to die? Is he going to speak curses over us? And the Bible said that Balaam begins to look upon them and he lifts up his voice and he says, How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? How shall I defy whom the Lord hath not defied? Hear me right now, someone. The Bible begins then to say uh, that as that is, he begins to talk, uh, he said, Behold, I have received uh, a commandment not to curse them, but to evermore bless them. Uh, and he hath blessed, uh, and I cannot uh, reverse it. You need to hear me right now, somebody. Uh, when God begins to speak promise uh, and victory over, over his people. Uh, there's not a devil in hell that can stop uh, what God has wanted to release into your life. Uh, for 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says this, uh, for all the promises of God uh, in him are yea and amen uh, unto the glory of God. Uh, here's what it said, that God is not a man uh, that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Uh, hath he not said it and will he not do it? Uh, hath he not um, and will he not make it good? For Balaam said, I have received commandment to bless them and I cannot reverse it. Hear me right now as this begins to happen. Now the Bible would say that Balak begins to talk to him and he said, Balaam, what have you done to me? Because I brought you here to curse this people. And not only have you not cursed them, but have you evermore blessed them. You need to understand right now that when the hand of God is on you, he'll take everything that was meant for evil and turn it in your favor. Somebody needs to hear this preacher right now. I understand that your baby might have walked away from truth, but you need to understand this. Not only are they coming back, but when they come back, it's going to be greater. I feel the spirit of prophecy moving in this house right now. Uh, just because your family's been through the trial uh, doesn't mean that the anointing of God isn't upon your children. Here's what I see right now. Uh, this is going to be the year of the comeback. 
here's what the word began to say. Uh, he said, I cannot reverse it. I see them, every enemy that comes against them, uh, will they be victorious? Uh, and the Bible said, now as Balaam begins to look upon them, uh, it said that he fell into a trance uh, and he saw, but his eyes were shut. And the Bible said this, uh, when he saw the vision of the Almighty uh, falling into a trance but having his eyes open, uh, he spoke these words. He said, I shall see him, uh, but not now. As Balaam begins to look at Israel, there's a vision that's coming to him and he doesn't understand quite what's happening. And he begins to speak these words. Uh, he said, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, uh, but not nigh. Uh, for there shall come a star uh, out of Jacob. Uh, let me tell you about that star that comes out of Jacob. Uh, wise men followed it into Bethlehem. Hear me right now as Balaam begins to perceive Israel. Uh, he does not see the attack that is coming to them, uh, but rather he sees the Savior uh, that will come up from them. Hear me right now. Uh, whatever it is that you've come against, uh, when the enemy perceives your future, uh, he does not seem defeat. Uh, but behold, I've come to tell you right now uh, that he sees the hand of the Lord upon you. Come on, somebody. That's why the word said, uh, lift up thine eyes uh, unto the hill from which cometh your help. Uh, hear me right now, someone. Uh, if you could possibly put it into what Balaam was really saying. Uh, he said, when I see Israel, uh, I see the Lord. And I stop and I think about you and I, uh, different people in this room that are facing different circumstances and trials. Uh, and I just stop and I think this. Uh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He cannot out of my heart. I can't help but think this, uh, Brother Coffinberry, when the enemy says, when I see Brother Coffinberry and his family, do I see the Lord? When I see every circumstance in your life, do I see the Lord? You need to understand this right now. That's why the word of God would begin to tell us uh, that we have an advocate with the Father. Hear me right now, somebody. Uh, the Lord has stepped into the middle of your trial. Uh, hallelujah. When the word of God said this, uh, it said that the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Let me just try to break that down, what it's really saying. Uh, that what God is lifting up uh, will be in between you and your enemy. He lifts up the standard. It's no different than when Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross and that cross was projected up into the ground. What did he do? He lifted up a standard. All of these years before this ever happened, what Balaam was simply saying was this, while I know that there will be attacks against you, I can't see the attacks, but I can see your victory. While I know that there's things that might be coming to you, I can't possibly see your enemy, but I do see the star that's coming out of Jacob. Somebody needs to understand right now that God has stepped onto the scene in between you and what you're facing this morning. Hear me right now, someone, uh, hallelujah, as Balaam begins to see it, the Bible said this, uh, that did Balak and Balaam both return to their home, uh, and was Israel victorious, uh, and did they prosper? You need to hear this preacher right now. What's coming to you is not defeat, but there's victory and prosperity that God wants to bring to your family. There's victory and prosperity. And as I begin to see this, as the Lord began to talk to me, he said, that there's irreversible promises that he's put upon Christian Life Church. And the first promise that I saw was simply this. He said, I've given you the promise of great uh, revela 
revelation. Daniel 2 and 22 says this, He that revealeth the deep and secret things, he knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells within him. Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says this, that the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And when I began to read it, the Lord began to talk to me. He said, I'm giving my children great revelation. Let me tell you what it is, that God is opening up your eyes to see who you are in the Lord. Hear me right now. When God begins to open up your eyes to see who you are, you don't see what is facing you. You don't see what's come against you. You see the person that God has created for you to be. Hear me right now as I begin to pray for it, even this day did God begin to speak to me as I begin to pray he showed me a vision of different people that were in this room today hallelujah as the Lord began to show me uh, hallelujah different ones that are in here that you don't even recognize the great call of God that's upon you hallelujah when you look at yourself you just see that you go punch a nine to five in a factory and there's nothing wrong with that all of that's good and well and I'm thankful for people with great jobs but I need you to understand that what God has tried to do in you is he's calling you to something that's greater than just your vocation. Come on, somebody. The thing that God wants to do upon you, hallelujah, is begin to open up your eyes and reveal deep and secret things unto you so that you know who you really are in the Lord. Uh, let me tell somebody right now, hallelujah, uh, as I begin to pray for it, did I begin to think of the boy that Spencer and Dylan taught and I pray, hallelujah, that had a great... Um, revelation of the name of Jesus Christ that came back to him and said I must be baptized in the name of Jesus and Spencer and Dylan even back then man they were so excited about it they wanted to baptize him there uh, but he said no I, I don't want you to baptize me I want my pastor to and they started talking to him saying well your pastor might not want to baptize you in Jesus name um, because that's not their custom, that's not what they do. He said, well, let me at least go and ask. And he goes and he asks, and his pastor did everything he could to just simply try to talk him out of it. And he said, no, you really don't have to do that. And that little boy opened up his Bible, and he spun it around, and he said, but right here it says that I must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And that pastor looked at him and said, well, that's not really what it means, even though we know that that is what it means, somebody. He said, but we're going to do it anyway. And after service, that pastor gets up and he says, well, this boy has had a um, revelation uh, that he thinks he needs to be baptized in Jesus' name. And we know that he doesn't, but we're going to do it anyway. And they baptized him in the name of Jesus. And when he came up out of the water, he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave him the utterance. And many of you have heard that testimony. But when the Lord began to bring that to my mind today, I stopped and I thought, there's something that begins to happen when God begins to open up your eyes to see truth. And I'm not just talking about truth in the word of God, but I'm talking about truth in yourself, that it doesn't matter what you're surrounded by. Hallelujah, that God will cause you to rise up greater than what you're surrounded by. Hear me today, somebody. There's great revelation that God wants to fall upon you. Do you want to know what happened, just in case you have not heard? When the boy began to speak in tongues, people began to say, what on earth is going on? And the pastor said, I don't know how to explain it, except the word of God says something like, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Uh, hear me right now, someone. As I begin to read it, the Lord began to show me. He said, that's not the only thing that that verse says. Uh, he says, but I'm going to cause young men to see visions. 
and old men to dream dreams. Hear me right now. This is what great revelation is. Mom and I, we talked about it. Hallelujah. That what God is going to do is he's going to begin to clear the vision of young people to begin to see what God has called you to be and who God has called and what God has called you to do. And when I read that, the Lord said this. He said, I, I'm going to cause the things that have tried to stand in between you and your calling to begin to fall. Hear me right now. I believe you should go to college and get a great education. Come on, parents. I think you should do all of those things, and I think you should have a great job and make a whole lot of money so you can help mom and dad buy a big old house and retire in one day. I'm just kidding. But as I begin to read that, the Lord began to show me that what he's going to cause is he's going to cause our vision to begin to see the things, not that are temporal, but the things that are eternal. Let me tell you something right now. You can have the greatest job, make $500,000 a year. God bless you, and that's wonderful. But don't you ever sell your calling for an opportunity. Come on, somebody. Don't sell out the anointing that God has given you just for a great paycheck. Because let me tell you, you can chase a dollar till the day you die. You're not going to take it with you when you go. But there's something greater that God is causing to happen. And he said, I'm going to cause young men to see visions. That's not just men, but you young ladies, that's for you as well. He's going to call you to begin to see with clear vision. But then he said, and I'm going to cause old men to dream dreams. And I stopped and I thought, why are they going to dream dreams? He said, it's people that used to dream of great exploits that they would do for God, but have long since forgotten. He said, I'm going to cause them to dream again. Hallelujah. So... He said, I'm going to cause them to dream again because you're going to have the desire to dream dreams for God again, but you will not have the energy. You dream the dream. They have the vision and the energy to see it come to pass. You want to know how God's going to begin to fulfill prophecies and promises that were promised unto your generation that were never seen. It's because you will dream and they will see got to understand this is great revelation that God's wanting to give you. Hallelujah. But I've got to tell you something, parent. You've got to dream for more than good colleges for them to go to. Can I get a witness in the house right now? You've got to dream for more than great jobs for them to work. You've got to have kingdom dreams to pass to your children. Come on, somebody. You've got to have kingdom dreams. And you've got to have kingdom vision. And when you mix a kingdom dream with a kingdom vision, you're going to have a God moment in time. Somebody just lift up your hands and thank the Lord for what he wants to do. I'm going to move on because I know I'm running short on time. That was the first promise he spoke to me. The second one was this. He said, I'm giving them the great promise of uh, restoration. And I want you to hear what Joel 2 and 25 says this. I will restore unto you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, and my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And you shall praise the name of the Lord your God who hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And I read that and the Lord began to talk to me. I know that I hit on it for just a moment, but what God is restoring is not what was taken, but God is restoring you to something that's even greater. Let me give somebody a word right now. Just because you didn't answer the call of God on your life at 25 doesn't mean that at 50 it's too late to answer it. Can I get a witness in the house? 
Just because you might have walked away from something that God has called you to do doesn't mean that it's not too late to get on board and do the thing that God has called you to do. Here's what the Lord began to say. He said, for ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And when I read that, the word of the Lord came to me and said that the work of restoration that he will do is going to be in public. Here's what the word of God said. It said, he will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies and your cup will run over. And when I read that the first time, I thought, well, that means that even your, even your enemies will have to see the great blessing of God upon you. And the Lord began to talk to me and said, that's really not what it means. He said, I'm preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemy. And the cups will run over. The miracle's not that the cup is running over, but rather that even your enemy is sitting at your table. And the only way for the overflow of the Holy Ghost to begin to come to us is for us to even restore the people that hurt us, back, come on someone, backstabbed us, talked about us. Let me tell you about the work of restoration. When you restore other people, then God will restore you. You cannot ask God to give you something that you're not willing to give them. You cannot ask God to do something within you that you're not willing to do within somebody else. Hear me right now, someone. He said, your cup will run over. Hear me right now, somebody. Sun, uh, Sunday, about maybe five weeks ago, I was sitting in a service, and the Spirit of the Lord began to come upon me. And as I began to preach, I began to prophesy. And I looked to the back of the sanctuary. Things were real tight. I'm talking, we were uphill fighting, just like we are right about now trying to break in for just God to do something in the service. And the Spirit of the Lord hit me, and this is a place that I've been to several, several, several times. And I looked to the back, and I said, there's a fallen minister in this house that God is about to restore. And when I did, all of a sudden, I watched in the back row, the back three rows fell out speaking in tongues. I'm talking the power of God begin to descend in the house. I said, God is calling you back to finish a work that you started. I had no idea what was going on. But as I began to say it, the Lord began to quicken me and I said, God can not only be the author of your faith, but he must also be the finisher. For God to be the author is for God to write the story. For God to be the finisher is for him to begin to bring it to come to pass. There's some people in here that God has been your author, but he has not been your finisher. Y'all all right this morning? God has begun to author some things in you, but you've not allowed God to finish the work within you. And as I begin to speak that, I watched a man in the back as he began to weep and to cry. The pastor walked off of the platform, went back and prayed over him. I went back and I prayed over him, not really knowing what was going on. And the pastor came up to me after service and he said, do you know who that man is? I said, no, sir, I have no idea. He said, you mean to tell me you've never seen that man before? I said, no, sir, I have not. He said, that man was a UPC evangelist. He came off of the field and he pastored a great revival church. He said he lost his family, his ministry, he fell to addiction, and he's not darkened the door of a church in 15 years. He said, but today God refilled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
You've got to understand right now that God is ready to restore every broken family. Come on, somebody. Every forgotten about ministry. Hear me today. God is ready to restore, but it's going to take more than just a move of God and letting him pray through. The church has to be willing to restore. Hear me right now, someone, whoever you are, wherever you come from, here's what I want you to know, that the hand of God is not against you, the church is not against you, uh, but the church is for you. Can I get a witness from the church right now? The church is for you, the hand of God is on you, and if nobody else will restore you, we will restore you. This is not a burial ground. It's a hospital to the broken. It's a rehabilitation room to get you back to the place that God wants to take you to. Somebody lift up your hands right now. Somebody lift up your voice with your hands. That word restoration in the scripture, the English language has no word that really goes with it because what restoration means to you and I is that something is here and it's taken and it's placed back to the place that it was. Restoration in the original text does not indicate that something is placed back to where it was, but rather when it's placed back, it's moved ahead of where it was when it fell. You begin to see during Saul's conversion to Paul as Ananias lays his hands upon him and the scales fall from his eyes, that God begins to literally transition his entire identity. And when he comes back to even the disciples, the one that should have known what God was able to do, they said, is this not the same man, Saul, that did persecute us? They wanted Saul to have a season that he proved himself before God could ever speak to him. But the Bible said that even in the self-same day that Saul, who was now called Paul, began to preach the word and the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to know right now. As God begins to move upon you and as God begins to restore you, it is no man's job to decide how fast God does a work of restoration in your life. Can I just dive into this right now? And I promise I'm not going to be too long. I talked to a guy one time who grew up in the church whose circumstances he left, hadn't been in church in a long time. And uh, he was in town um, not too long ago, and I was going to church, and I said, why don't you go with me? He said, man, I haven't been to church in a long time. I said, well, why, 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 don't, why don't you go? He said, you want me to be honest? He said, the first service I missed, it, you know, it wasn't a big deal. I just told him I had something else going. He said, the second service I missed, you know, it's, it was because we were getting back in town. The third service I missed, well, it's because now we weren't feeling well. He said, and before long, I looked back, and I hadn't been to church in two months. He said, I decided that I didn't want things to go the way that they were going. He said, so I came back into church on a Sunday. He said, and when I came in, he said, nobody hugged me. Nobody shook my hand. No one said, man, it's good to see you. He said, instead, all they said is, where have you been, and demanded an answer. He said, when I didn't have an answer, I felt ashamed. I left, and I never went back. And the man told me that, and I said, I'm sorry. He said, what are you sorry for? I said, I'm sorry that nobody tried to restore you. That man used to have a call of God on his life, answered that call of God at one point, fell away from it as a young man, and I stopped, and the Lord asked me a question. He said, when I send you people that have fallen, who's willing to restore them to where I had them? 
Who's willing to put them back, not to the place that they were taken, but to move them ahead? Let me tell somebody right now, it makes no difference where you've been through, what you've been through. When God qualifies you, you are qualified by the Lord. Here's what the word of God said. He said, what I have cleansed, call thou not common. What I have cleansed, call thou not common. And the Lord began to talk to me. He said, here's the problem. There's a lot of people that don't think that they're worthy of my restoration. I want you to just to take this finger out here and I want you to look at it. Come on, I want you to look at that finger and I want you to point that finger right at your chest and I want you to say, restoration is for me. If you're in this room today, I want you to know that the blood of Jesus is able to cover every sin of your past, whatever you're dealing with in your future, and is able to take you to the place that God wants to take you. The scariest thing for some people is saying, I know where I'm at, I know what I'm called to, but how will I ever get from where I am to the place that God is taking me to? You can't, but the Lord can. Hear me right now. He will open up doors that no man can shut. When you come to the sea, if there's no way of escape, we've seen it in the scripture, he'll part the sea and destroy your enemy in the midst of it. Here's what I feel in the Holy Ghost. God's fixing to open up a door for some people this morning that he's fixing to call you in the spirit to leave the place of desolation that you've been in. And he's fixing to cause you to walk into a promised land that's overflowing with milk and with honey. Hear me right now. The greatest work of your ministry is not over. The greatest work of your ministry is right around the corner. But you've got to be willing for God to be able to recreate an identity within you that you are not what you have fallen to but rather you are who God has called you to be. God has identified you. God has named you. God has chosen you. And you need to understand right now, hallelujah, that if God is for you, who can be against you? Here's what the word said. Some trust in chariots and horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. Here's what I want you to know right now. When you were created, you were created in the image of God. Uh, and did God call it good or did he not call it good? When you question whether or not you're worthy of God's restoration power, you're not really asking if you're good enough. You're asking if God's good enough. Here's what I want you to know. God looked at you and he called you good, even though he had the foreknowledge of everywhere that you would trip and would fall. And he said, I still died for it anyway, covered in anyway. I called you anyway. I anointed you anyway. Here's what I've come to tell you. You could spend a lifetime looking back at the way that you slipped up and messed up and failed. But when God has given you a promise, uh, the promise is irreversible and nobody can take what God has put upon you. Hear me right now, somebody. God's getting ready to call you to leave a place of desolation uh, and enter a place of promise, uh, victory, and prosperity. But I've got to tell you right now that if God's ever going to do the work in your life, uh, you've got to be willing to let go of everything. Uh, hallelujah, that you've been connected to where you are. Uh, you've got to gather your family, uh, pick up what you can carry, uh, walk into your promised land, uh, and you never need to look back. Uh, come on, somebody. Here's what I've come to tell you. Uh, God had one requirement when he was destroying the city by fire. He looked at the man and his wife and he said, uh, look ahead and never look back. 
you hear this preacher right now, you need to look ahead at the promise uh, and you never need to look back to where you've been. Uh, you need to look ahead to the place that God is taking you uh, and you never need to look back on the ways that you failed, uh, the ways that you messed up. Uh, hallelujah. But you need to understand uh, that God is able to bring you into a new season. Uh, he's able to open you to a new dimension. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, he wants to take you to places uh, that you've never been before uh, because he has given you the promise of dominion. Joshua 1 and 3 says this, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto your forefathers, you're not in a strange territory. But when the sole of your foot hits the ground that you're on, God has given you dominion even in strange lands. Come on, somebody. Now I've come to tell you that places and strongholds that the enemy has inhabited, that God is giving them unto you again. Hear me right Right now someone, uh, verse number five said this, uh, that there will not be any enemy uh, able to withstand you uh, to the place that God is taking you. Uh, you need to know that every enemy of your calling uh, is God casting down uh, and shattering into pieces. Uh, everything that's tried to keep you out of a kingdom vision, uh, God's going to begin to tear him down again. Uh, for he said, be strong uh, and of good courage, uh, for unto this people uh, shall thou divide an inheritance uh, which I swore unto their fathers. Uh, you need to hear this preacher right now. Uh, there is inheritance that belongs to you uh, that God is dividing up amongst you. Uh, you will inhabit uh, every promise uh, that God has given you uh, and it is irreversible. It's irreversible. Let me tell you as I begin to pray for it, God begin to recognize something in my mind. Three weeks ago, October 1st, when our baby was born, I, I was so excited. And my parents walked in, and I handed the baby to them, and my mom and my dad began to weep, and they began to cry. And mom looked at me, and she said, man, the promises of God are yay and amen. She was so choked up, she really couldn't say anything, and it didn't quite get me what was going on. And I sent a picture of Sadie to uh, Bishop Gonzalez, and I said, hey, she's here. And he picked up the phone, and he called me. And he said, Gentry, do you remember the promise of God? I said, sir, what promise are you talking about? He said, sitting at Longhorn with your mom and dad when cancer was just all over your mother and we didn't know what was going on. Uh, he said, the spirit of the Lord came upon me and I prophesied to her. Uh, and I said, you will live to hold your grandchildren. He said, Gentry, what you are seeing right now is not only your first child. He said, but you are seeing the fulfillment of a promise that I promised unto your family. You need to understand. That doesn't mean that there's not seasons and moments in time uh, where you don't know which end is up and you're not sure where to go. Uh, but this is what it means. Uh, when God has given you a promise, uh, will he not bring it to come to pass uh, in your life? He said, Gentry, let this serve as a testimony unto you uh, that the promises of God uh, are irreversible. Uh, here's what I want you to know right now. Uh, you might be going into treatments. You might be battling in your home. Uh, you might be having things in your life going on uh, that you don't understand why. Uh, because the promises of God have been upon you. Uh, you've looked in the middle of midnight hours and asked where God is. Uh, here's what I want you to know. Uh, that the promise is coming unto you uh, and it's quicker than what you recognize.
Let me tell someone right now. The greatest problem in the church is not conception. It is miscarriage. Because we conceive the promise. And we never give birth to the promise that God has given us. And the Lord spoke to me today. He said, sometimes a promise has to be induced. You need to hear me right now. There's been some spiritual miscarriages that have happened even yet in this building. But I want you to know right now that while you're not sure what God is doing, that God has sent me here today to tell you that right now is the time to walk into your promise. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me right now? Right now is the time for you to see the fulfillment of every promise in your life. You need to understand right now, my God, we don't need to wait to the next conference to have a move of God in this building. You don't need to wait on the next person to be diagnosed with cancer and a miracle to happen for you to decide to shake yourself as times before. Because let me tell you, Samson, when you miscarry the promise, sometimes when you shake yourself, it's too late. But rather, I've come to tell you that there's a right now moment with the Lord that God is calling you right now. Come on, someone shout right now. Somebody shout right now. God is calling you to a right now move of the Holy Ghost. But if you want a right now move, you need to be willing to move right now. Come on, somebody. You've got to be willing to let go of every hurt and every anguish right now. Uh, you've got to be willing to leave the place that you've been right now. Uh, and you've got to be willing to walk into the new territory right now. I want you to stand to your feet and lift up your hands all over the house. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Somebody lift up your voice unto the Lord. Come on, I'm asking everybody to lift up your voice all over the house. You're not exempt. Lift up your voice to the Lord. You're not fighting me, you're fighting the Lord. upon the Lord and 21 days later an angel shows up with an answer and the angel looks at Daniel and he says from the first day that I hear you for 21 days did the prince of Persia withstand me he begins to tell him what happened but he said from the first day that I hear you and now I am come for your life Daniel had a season that he had to believe that the promise was going to happen even when he surveyed the land all around him and he saw no place that it was coming, saw no way that God was going to do it, but he had a promise and he had a word and he kept his faith. And when the answer came, the angel said, we haven't ignored you, but we heard you the first time that you cried. There's been a little waiting season in between when you asked and now when I've had to show up, but you kept your faith, Daniel. There's been some people in this room, you've been in a waiting season. God, when are you going to do it? Have you heard me? God, where are you in the middle of it? You've been wondering if maybe God changed his mind. The word of the Lord said he is the same yesterday. He is the same today and he is the same forever.
everybody in this room that knows me, you know I like to come and I like to preach hard and dance and shout, but that's not the assignment today. The assignment today is to persuade you that the promises of God are irreversible over your life. And you might have been through the waiting season, but right now is the moment. For when I lift up my eyes, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And it doesn't look like a lot, but I want you to know that it's enough. Come on, somebody. I want you to know it's enough. I'm going to ask every person right now, I just want you to lift up your hand to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you grab the hand of a neighbor and let's come down to this altar together. Come on, all over the house. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. God's fixing to move right now. Come on, I'm asking everybody to move. Our CLC family should be moving right now. You're in this room today, and you've been in the waiting season been waiting on promise to come to pass in your life. I want you to throw both hands in the air real high. Here's one over here. Here's another. Here's a family. There's another. Come on, you're in this room. You've been waiting on this promise to come to pass. Ministers, CLC, altar working team, I want you to help me. Find somebody to pray with. Come on, right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's a move of the Holy Ghost that's moving through this room right now. Can I get some altar workers to help me pray with these with their hands lifted? Come on. All over the house. Come on. I want you to lift up your voice by the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let every hindrance and blockade be destroyed right now. God, you've called some people in this room to some mighty things. God, to some great things, God, and they've been in the waiting season. But, God, I speak, God, the changing of seasons now. I speak right now in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it begin to fall on you right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I know you've been in the waiting season and even this day uh, as princes of this earth trying to withstand uh, the promise that God has over you but I want you to lift up your hands and speak victory come on somebody there's victory in the house there's victory in the house God can heal autism God can heal poverty come on your family's not going under your family's not going under Come on, I want somebody to just extend your hands and lift up your voice. And I want you to let the power of the Holy Ghost begin to fall off on you. You need to open your eyes and see that there's angels surrounding you right now. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. And the promise is irreversible. The promise is irreversible. The promise is irreversible. Come on, God's going to do a work in you. God's going to move through you. He's going to give you enough. He's going to give you enough.
Come on, I want everybody to find somebody to pray with right now. Come on now, all over the house, I want you to find somebody to pray with. Let's let the power of the Lord begin to move. Let God begin to minister to another through you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. to break every generational curse. Someone said, what's a generational curse? 
you ever heard in high school the chances if mama's an alcoholic and daddy's an alcoholic, then you've got a higher probability of becoming an alcoholic. That's why they say it. We call it generational curses. It's just the way that we say it in the church. But here's what I feel right now. What God is about to do in your life is not predicated upon the heights that your family reached. It's individual. You can't ride coattails to places that God wants to take you, but you got to dig it out for yourself. Come on, somebody. Anything worth having is worth fighting for. Come on, somebody. Anything worth having is worth fighting for. You cannot be carried to where God has taken you to, but you've got to go towards it. You've got to put one foot in front of the other right now all over the house. Maybe you've got a child in the room today. I just want you to go to them, and I want you to link your faith. Maybe you don't have children, but you've got family. Maybe you don't have family, but you've got a friend. I want you just to link up with somebody right now, and I want us to begin to pray over every generational curse. Come on, anything that's tried to keep families from fulfilling calls of God in their life. Come on, somebody. You owe it to your family right now. You owe it to your family this morning. You want to bind together with them in the Holy Ghost. Let the power of the Lord begin to minister to them through you right now. Come on, the power of life and death is in your tongue. Maybe your family isn't here. Why don't you lift up your hands and intercede for them? generational curse every generational curse be broken in the name of the Lord works that were began will you finish things that will start it will God bring it to come to fulfillment in your life come on speak it over him you gotta believe it It's coming. It's on the way. 